0: This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 609, brought to you by Mack Weldon. Underwear, socks, shirts that are way better than what you're wearing right now. Unless you're wearing Mack Weldon, and if you are, then you know. Go to MacWeldon.com, and get 20% off using promo code iFanboy. And by Boomerang. Watch your favorite cartoons on demand. Go to boomerang.com promo and use the promo code FAN, F-A-N, for a free trial. And iFanboy listeners just like you.
1: I was blank as I could be, hearing voices telling me, walk away from everything are meant to go far away from those I know to some desolate below We are in the scene with a grind of coffee bean and the women are oblique and the boys are paper thin ra
0: hello and welcome to the i fanboy Pick of the week episode 609. my name is Ron Richards and alongside me is Connor Kilpatrick
1: Welcome back, Ron. Thank you. It's good to be back. And Josh Flanagan. I definitely realized and uh, quietly changed the fact that I was looking at the wrong script. I was like, I don't hear any of these ads. <laughs> and then I and then I told you. That could have been kept in an in, in,
0: in inner monologue. Yeah, that could have <laughs> yeah. been in... Uh, in, in. That could have been like, in I'm not
1: chat. supposed to talk during this part. Yeah.
0: Well, that said, we are iFanboy, and we are always prepared. And every week, we read a stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. And we talk about that book, some other comic books. Uh, we talk about the comic book that you, the patrons, the supporting patrons, wanted us to read and talk about. And maybe if we have some time, we'll read some listener mail. No matter what, we always have a fun time. Uh, And quick warning, we're going to be talking about what happens in the book, so if you haven't read your comics yet, uh, press pause, because we are reviewing them, uh, and maybe come back later after you've read them, or just be warned. Uh, We do post the time code of when we talk about books. (laughs) I am curious if anybody actually reads that and uses that to jump ahead, Um, because that's a lot of work, so... Or is it a waste of time? Can we stop? Yeah, that's a good. That's that's more. That's a, that's a, that's a better way of as, of asking that question. So, uh, this week Connor had the pick, and I got to say, was not surprised.
2: Well, it, it was actually a really dis- difficult decision for a minute there. It's been a while really? since, I've had, since I've had two really great books to choose from. Wow. Um, but the now pick, I'm looking for the other books. It, it's the next. The one. Pick up, it's the next one in the script, and the book ended up being Captain oh. America six ninety five. And uh, this is this is uh, Wade and Somny, the team uh, behind Daredevil and Rocketeer and Black Widow. And this is Wade's third run on the book, I think. Third one yeah, I think of the at least third, if not ninety. I guess so. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's the time we're living in, it's the, it's the constant barrage of news. It's it's the world on the edge of collapse. But I teared up reading this book. Yeah! Wow! And I don't, I don't ever tear up reading comics. Like, even, it's it's been a long time since I've done that, and I, I found myself, in the middle of this issue, going, "Oh my God, my eyes are wet!" <laughs> wow! Like, wow. it's, it's something about, the earnest, Steve Rogers has to be earnest and corny. He just has to be. You can't yep. do him any other way. It doesn't make any sense. And the best Mark Wade might, in fact, be the best writer for Captain America. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. Um, he he, and his essay at the end really gets he gets. I mean, he was a DC kid, but he always loved Captain America, and that's actually how Makes I started sense. reading comics the same way. I was a DC guy who loved Captain America too, and eventually found my way to the rest of the Marvel universe as well. But he has to be kind of a do-gooder. He has to be a throwback. You can't make Steve Rogers tortured. You can't make him postmodern. You can't make him dark. And here we get sort of the quintessential Captain America down to the fact that his original costume is back. No more stupid movie inspired costume. And it's just a one shot story, which Steve returns to a town that he had saved once 10 years ago. And the town renamed itself Captain America and they have a Captain America day festival. And, and so it just so happens that while he's there, the original people that he stopped came back for revenge and he saves the town again. But, he also sees how he's inspired everyone, and it—it's the, the the talk of if you're strong, you got to help people who aren't, and if you're and if you if you can stand up and fight, you need to stand up and fight. And it was all that rhetoric uh, that got me, and I wasn't expecting it. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, and, that, and that's beside the fact that you know this is a stellar Chris Somni drawn, Matthew Wilson colored issue. I and mean, They might be the best one-two punch in comics.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think part of the surprise is that I don't think any of us were super into the end of that Daredevil run, and none of us were really, outside of the technical aspects of it, really into the Black Widow run either.
0: Uh. So... I, I, yeah, the Black oh, Widow, uh, the Black Widow one lost me, like, the, the Daredevil one was like, oh my god, this is amazing, amazing. This, that, like, they, they, didn't they do something in between Daredevil and Black Widow, or am I am I imagining that? I don't think. Anyway, well, the, the, the Daredevil run was just like, wow, this is, like, the music that is made by two
1: great creators that are working together. Yeah, and but just, by the end, it was all that San Francisco stuff that, in yeah. the suit and everything, and no one was as super into that. Right. And,
0: and we all know how Somni, how great Somni is. I mean, like that, sure. it goes without saying that. And this is like I, the things like I think Black Widow was good. It was interesting. It was a nice kind of interesting diversion and maybe helped them get the kinks out of their kind of Wade Somni storytellers kind of whatever process they're using now. Um, but this just this hit uh, this reminded me of the Daredevil that first Daredevil issue because yeah. it, because it it hit on the essence of the character, which Connor like
1: as you mentioned is inspiration. Did. Did Remember there was a short story that I know that Somni drew of, like, the Bucky or the Winter Soldier on a train with a bunch of clowns? Did oh, Wade remember, write that, too? I remember
0: the clowns.
1: It was a Winter Soldier issue, I think. Yeah. But it was, like, think, a throwback one. I don't think um, Wade wrote that. Yeah, I don't think so, either. It's just I was just looking for their pedigree. on And also, uh, you know, all this, we'll get to it. Like, all the praise, like, Matthew Wilson's the, the right guy for this. Yes. Too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's 100% there. If you, if you look at like the, it's almost like he colored it to look like an older comic book, like, like, very really,
2: flat.
1: yeah, but like physically aged. Yeah. Like there was a degradation to the image. And, and, and I'll say that like, before I even got to reading the book, I saw the cover. um, I saw it on like Facebook or something like that. And I was like, and, and it caught my eye immediately because it didn't look like comics do now. It looked like comics used to look. And I went, oh, I like that. Right away. <laughs> yeah. I got I got very like like straight away the aesthetic of that cover. I was like, that is exactly what I want out of a Captain America comic book. And I know that, you know, it's not a big but the, the coloring, the, the the way that it's lit is to make Captain America stand out. And then there's that big yellow text, you know, it's it's great. It's what it should be.
2: And we're going to talk later in this this the the episode, so issue story. I couldn't <laughs> get to what we're doing here later in the episode about an artist who could have used a colorist like this, but yeah. um, it it just you know I I didn't read the, the Nick Spencer run after the first issue. I know I wasn't so into what I heard about Secret Empire, and there's a little bit of that in here in which they talk about you know there was a fake cap and he had to, this cap had to come back to save the day. Why did why did it take so long? I, and we've discussed how I don't really want this to be a Captain America's Redemption Tour, but it was. An- it was only a little bit of that. It was the only a little bit. Yeah, they, of that
0: I, I thought they would have leaned way more into it. And I thought I liked how they just kind of skirted it. And even for a moment, I was like, "Wait, are they referring to that or referring to something else?" Because there was that time displacement in the beginning. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think they they, they they got that balance just enough. Honestly, if somebody, I mean, I know we say this a lot, but if someone's never read Captain America, you could pick this up right now and go with yes. it. Um, I did because I I did really really like the playing with the Cap frozen in ice. Uh, truth or bit the ice oh, yeah that was really yeah good. That, that was very funny and that was because i feel like captain america stuck in ice is, is is like cultural lexicon right like everyone understands that um and it plays on you know like you know truthers and all that whatever conspiracy theorists that you want to have um i thought that was very clever and very well done
2: so. <laughs> it was just a it, you know i've missed reading captain america oh god how long has it been i don't know but since I regularly read it, maybe Rick Remender's run. I don't remember what came after that exactly, but uh... you know, it's funny. The only thing
1: I really remember about that, other than the the great Ramita art in that first part of it, was the sort of you stand up that thing that they just yep. kept repeating. Yeah. And yeah. this w- that was the best part of it because it was like, oh, that's exactly what Captain America is. And this, while not while not parroting that exact thing, it, it echoed the sentiment. I think, and I think that is what worked so well about it. Where you know, when he meets the girl at the end of it. You know who he'd saved in the beginning and she's like that's the rule welcome back you're like well, okay that's that's beautiful and it's got that legacy you know passing down uh wisdom thing going on and uh yeah it's quite beautiful
2: and he's the wings on his head that's all you want I they're going back he's got the boots his he's pants have pockets and a fly <laughs> he's got the floppy boots his pants have pockets he's got the wings on his head mark wade isn't afraid to let superheroes be superheroes mm-hmm. yep and uh, I don't and, know. And you love that. That's something that, that that's like that's a genre for you. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they are. Yeah, And let, let don't be ashamed of the fact that Captain America is he's corny in the yeah. best but, possible way. It's interesting
1: for the three of us, our age is that, you know, basically our entire Reading age has been um, defined by people constantly trying to reinvent the superhero. If you think about it, it's like, say that happened in 1986. If you just want to pick out a random date, (laughs) um, you know, then we're all about 9 at that point. So, we're just at the point where we're, you know, right in the spot for starting to really get into these and follow them. And everything since then has been this constant reinvention of what it what it was to be a superhero. We can't do it like we used to anymore. That's that was what, it, what it's been. We've seen them break it down and and deconstruct it and do everything else to the superhero except for tell the superhero story. And yep. you know, for Connor, if I if you were to tell me like what are your favorite stories, I would think, okay, it's it's Grant Morrison's Justice League. Um, you know, it's New Frontier. It's you know from them in that period, and those are straight-ahead superhero stories, or something like um, Secret Identity, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, and he's and it, and it, very, it's very related to Superman. Like Wade is the guy who should be writing Captain America or Superman or both, and I and I think that there's a idealism there that really resonates with you specifically, but I also completely understand.
2: Yeah, and it's just it's it's just you know he's my favorite Marvel character. He's one of my top five all you know characters in comics and it's it's nice to have steve back yeah sure. And and,
0: uh, and and hopefully, like I know the the Marvel Legacy, there's a lot that's to be said about that that the whole kind of event of Marvel Marvel Legacy and kind of bringing a lot of the characters back to what they were familiar or whatever. But I think I think not reading into any of the other kind of crap that comes along with that, you know, in terms of you know the the marketplace and and all that sort of stuff. I think from a story standpoint, Josh, you make a great point that for the past ten years since Civil War, we've been reading stories about superheroes punching each other. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. and and we we've gotten yeah. we've somewhat gotten away from stories of superheroes being super, you know, and like saving people and protecting people, and and you know it even echoes in this book where he you know he tells the little girls like you you protect your little brother because you're bigger than him, you know, and like that that kind of idea of that that inspiration that is there, and uh, you know like if this is a taste of what's to come, if the, if we're if we truly are entering another era or another you know kind of period, then great, I think this this is a great way to kind of kick it off with uh, with Wade, who knows that better than anybody, you know, get Wade, get. Beauty, Get those guys who know what that means and let them let them go have fun again.
1: So. It really is like a reintroduction of that superhero moralism. Yeah, that that do the right thing because you can and because you should. And you know maybe we're at a societal point where that's that's finally going to resonate. But it's it's if you look at the movie Cap, who that's, everyone that's knows is. and loves, it is it's exactly what yeah. it is. Yes, you know, yes. and even Chris Evans is espousing that at this point. Like yeah. it. It's really fascinating to be, say, like, well, this won't work in comics. Like, well, it, it works with the movies, which is a much larger stage. And also, I, I think we'd be remiss because we haven't I – we mean, know we've said it a lot. But Chris Somni doesn't need to stop. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Not that Chris <laughs> needs to, no, no. Chris Omni needs to sell fucking tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Somney needs to sell fucking tickets for how he is doing – Imminent level storytelling. Yep, he is down to a basic level of of like the only thing that's there is what needs to be there. You know that 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 Darwin Cook kind of thing. It's just everything. It's the full package. Uh, yep. He needs to be selling fucking tickets.
2: Yep, agreed. And Matthew that. Wilson is is the perfect color, as you yes. said the perfect colorist. He doesn't put he, he's he's this colorist version of what you just said. He doesn't put what doesn't need to be there. Yep, right. There's not it's, extraneous it's a, it's a, photoshopping it, or whatever.
1: There's a bit in the middle where he throws his shield and comes back to him, and he catches it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And the one side of the shield that he caught is the lines are all solid, but the other side of it that is like you know just ending its flight is a is a little blurred out. That is rad. I've never seen that technique. I noticed. I noticed a
0: lot of subtleties with the shield throwing and the action and stuff like that, mainly between Somni and the coloring, and it was just very
2: impressive. Very good stuff.
1: I just, so I this... saw, I just saw a new thing. <laughs> so
2: this is the start of. A new cap era. Uh, At first, you know, it opens with a flashback, and I thought, okay, well, that's how they're going to use his original costume. It's a flashback to the old days. But uh, he was in it the whole time, and I'm fine with him taking a road trip across America, and I'm fine with him in getting adventures. And I just, I'm hoping this is the start to to things, Uh, because I loved every second of it. So there you go. There's Captain America 695. And uh, it was a tight one between Batman, the White Knight, number two, and that issue. Very different tones. But uh, we talked about issue one, Sean Murphy's writing and drawing this uh, Elseworlds take on Batman, and uh, I love the meta-ness of this particular issue. Well,
0: well yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got comments and thoughts about this. So yeah. first off, I opened this up, and that first page, I just saw a wall of words, well, that was and, yes, that and was. I and yeah, and I was like, oh, Sean Murphy, right? I was like, you, I, come on, right? I had that exact like, oh. And then by the end of the issue, I was like, this is fantastic. Like, if he could have, if he could have eased into the intro a little more elegantly, <laughs> a little less wordy, but like the Harley Quinn sequence was yeah. was great. And I just love this, like Sean Murphy. Fuck it, I'm doing Batman how I want to do it, right? And like little to no care of anything else. And like it was, it 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 worked for me.
1: So that's all. <laughs> I, I feel like it is actually pretty calculated to, because I thought the same thing. I opened it up and I went, oh no, because yeah. I mean really, <laughs> it was. It's a like, lot. You, it's a lot. It was. Yeah. I almost, I almost complained on social media about it. I thought, let's not do that. But I feel like he was like, all right, here's the medicine. Just take it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and and it really did. I never thought about it again during the until you mentioned. It, I went, all oh, right, that was a thing that happened.
0: Yeah, that that was uh, my first instinct, and I was glad that it that it that it went the other direction. You know, but so it was just a lot
2: of words, wall of words. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just a really interesting Elseworlds look at at Gotham. We talked about it before, but it's you know the Joker has been quote unquote cured, and he and as we, we've seen in the flash forward is that he is the new hero of Gotham, whereas Batman is in Arkham Asylum yep. and how. We're seeing now how he gets there. He goes home after being released from jail and finds Harley Quinn waiting for him. But it's there's two Harley, Harley Quinns. There's the movie version and there's the comic version. And the movie <laughs> version gets shunted to the side and a very meta fight with her old self. And uh, like it, just, it doesn't make any sense, but it was kind of perfect anyway. Yep. Um, and then I really loved the Mister Freeze sequence the no- with Nora and how you know they uh, they're trying to cure. Alfred's disease with Mr. Freeze's technology and Mr. Freeze gets aged rapidly. Just, everything about this was interesting and fun. And the Sean Murphy art is uh,
0: yeah, um, we, we, yeah, mainly talking perfect.
2: about the story. But the uh, Sean Murphy art is just Sean Murphy. It's just it's 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 crazy. Yeah. I did notice that in this issue, uh, in, in the first issue, the newscasters were drawn to look exactly like Charlie Rose and Gail King. From CBS this morning, and in this issue, he's changed the faces. I don't know if that was something. I wonder if that's <laughs> a note. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, the the Robin sequence. I just thought this. You know, we, there's a reason why Elseworlds comics tend to be some of the great comics you think of because they just there's a freedom in these in these stories to, to yeah. tell your your purified version of these. Yeah. These, these these characters and
0: give them give them the flexibility and the freedom to go have fun. You get good stories out of it. I don't see why I don't see how that's a hard thing to figure out. You know, so I'm glad that I think DC is really yeah.
2: embracing that yeah. lately.
1: But it, it only works if the person doing it's a superstar. Yeah, you're right. They, with it a good only vision, well, really, it only works if it, they're really good. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily make a difference. But if you're talking about getting people to buy something that it's out of continuity, it's not part of the thing, then the draw has to be. It's
2: because it's oh, a I don't know if
1: any, I don't know if anyone's buying this. I don't know.
2: I have, oh, yeah. I have no concept of sales. I just know it's really good. Yeah, I
1: think that he has wisely, uh, tape, you know, tempered his 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 appearances and stuff like this. So that when he does a Batman, it's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I hope um, so. And I don't I don't follow the sales, so I don't know if this is a big a big deal
1: or not. I mean, but he's gonna do it. Like like Murphy is a name to a certain extent. I think I think he can sell a book like. Oh, this. Oh
0: yeah, totally. No, no. He, Mur- I mean, yeah. Murphy moves. Mur- at least he did as a few years ago when I was cl- looking closer to the sales of like that Murphy moves units. Like he, people know how good he is and what he can do. And I think he's made the right decisions around like working with Snyder a couple of years ago on that Vertigo book mm-hmm. and like things like that. Working with Remender, you know, like he's bu- he he's built up a demand, and so I would be surprised that this
1: isn't selling well. But
0: this will sell gangbusters in trade, I believe.
1: Sure. I I if I had any. I like i always think i'm not gonna like it and then i kind of enjoy it but i think also that to a certain extent that some of the social commentary in it is a lot less deep than it seems to be yeah i think it's a little that's a wide issue yeah yeah okay i mean i'll I'll give you that i I think that i i tend to notice it though where i just feel like no i just feel like some of these are a little obvious to me.
2: Well, we've, tr- we've talked about the many, many, many on-the-nose Trumps that have showed up in the books. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a very good example.
2: Um, I, I think the, the way Wade does it in Captain America is much more effective. Me too. Whereas a philosophical commentary, we supposed to a, here's a Trump analog, right. you know, looks and talks just like him. Yep. Ron, did you read The Jetsons, number one? Of course I did. I think it was like the second book I read. From Jimmy Palmiati and Pierre yep. Brito, who I thought was uh, Barry Kitson, <laughs> I could see that a little. <laughs> um, so this, so we've had these Hanna Barbera comics from DC, and for me, there's two camps. There's the Scooby Doo camp, and then there's the Flintstones camp. Flintstones camp is where they take the idea and they do something interesting, and there's 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 interesting commentary, and there's interesting meta things happening, and and it's and it's an unusual way to use these characters to tell modern stories. Whereas the the Scooby Doo camp is, let's be super serious and try to modernize these characters in a very straightforward w- way. And I, the Jetsons, for me, fell into that camp. Uh, totally
0: agreed. And and honestly, a little disappointing. Um, I don't was, want that. Re- yeah, it was really really disappointing. Really um, like just like, re- I mean, and also weird like. I get that it's kind of weird that they had a uh, the Jetsons had a robot housekeeper named Rosie who took care of them and like okay you wanna you wanna figure out how to make that work sure let's have their dead grandmother's uh, AI be put into the robot that's weird. Like and it, it just like some of the choices so, and, and also not carrying the analogs of the character like really these are just characters with the names Jetson and Spacely and things yes. like that. There was nothing to tie back to what the history of the Jetsons have been and w- even in look wise like Elroy, they didn't look
2: like yeah that's yeah. what I mean in the you know in the Flintstones they all looked like the cartoon characters at least drawn like real people but they looked like them. Yeah. you didn't you had no question who you were looking at at any given moment. Here they were just people in regular in cl- clothes that kind of recalled. Maybe a little tiny bit their car cartoon. Barely, clothes. barely, and, yeah, barely. And it was a it was a straight up serious, you know. I don't want to say grim and gritty, but it's it's that kind of lens you put on it. Like here's a serious modern take on the Jetsons. Yeah, well, and that's kind of
1: what those future quest books are, and why I kind of couldn't get into it. I feel like, and I liked all the creators involved with it, and like I feel like with this, like if you're gonna do it, super serious, or at least like you need to go way out there.
0: Well 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 here's the thing though is that like the, I don't want every one of these books to be Flintstones either. Sure you know? and also no one's
2: going to be able to do that. Talking, the next book we're talking about is is what we is what we're talking about. Yeah like
1: like this I I, I looked at it and I just thought this doesn't go like it's serious but it's not like so far to the side that it's interesting, I guess. Um, and then so then on the other side of things is Dastardly and Mutley number three. Um, this is when we talked about the first issue that came out, because it's uh, written by uh, Garth Ennis, which is, which is a must-buy in all circumstances. It's a much-finished series. I don't know how bad it would have to be for me to not finish the series. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't on the show, uh, or I didn't remember to put it on when, we, when that, but issue two came out, and I liked it um, more than the first issue, which none of us really – we were like, it wasn't quite there. This third one – is really started to go off the rails internally, and I've really started to enjoy it, uh, was the, the point. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, A, there's definitely an irreverence that comes along with Garth Ennis and, and hadn't shown up or found its way, and and this is just strange, and also I'm picturing Garth Ennis doing it, just, why am I doing this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, and there, because, because there are a couple of points where, like, it's almost like he's doing a straight up military story, but basically the thing is that there's a, there's a stolen, there's a couple of rogue pilots and there's a, a drone missile and the drone missile is somehow turning everything into cartoon physics and logic. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> when the pilot comes, the moment that they got me for this is, uh, they call in these two other pilots and this woman is a super capable pilot and she is going to be responsible for taking Dashley and Mutley down. And all of a sudden she goes, Hey, And I was like, oh, these are – and they're very – like you had to have watched cartoons in the 80s or earlier. Yeah, Cartoons were from the 60s that they were airing in the 80s basically to understand these references, sort of what they were doing. And I don't know if it would work if you hadn't watched that. I can freely uh, – and and I just – and it's like this slow burn of they keep adding things in. So the president in the last issue gives a press conference and he he flattens his opponent's head with a hammer and caves in his skull – on live TV, and so in this issue, he's like, maybe we don't have to make a big deal out of it. And they're like, you put him in a coma!
2: <laughs> and With a mallet, with a cartoon mallet.
1: Yeah, like, and it's a very... It's a very fine line of wacky butting up against Sirius, and I think it's actually starting to work really well, but it's a slow burn, um, and I don't know if, if it wasn't Garth Ennis doing it that I would have the patience for it, but I, I am enjoying
2: it. That's what I mean by this being in the Flintstones camp, yes, in that agreed. the Flintstones was... Wacky butting up against serious, but in a different way than this one is. Yeah, that's how this has to go. The The Jetsons and the, and Scooby Doo are are not they don't work for that very for that very reason. Yeah. Um, I get that is, Jimmy Hopkins is very environment, but ter- making an environmental super serious environmental story about the Jetsons isn't something that works. Well,
1: I think, but my point is like I think that that would work, but they'd have to go way darker for it to be interesting. If that makes sense, like if you I brought somebody know, on but, that
2: really. Does anybody want to see a super 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 dark Jetson story? I don't. No. I, w- I wanna see super- I wanna see
0: I want what I would wanna see is I'd want to see a super bright, optimistic,
1: sci fi embracing. But if you're gonna do dark, then you need to like you need to make us go, Oh, well, I, well, we shouldn't have done. Like yeah. really go fully and I don't think that is the guy for that.
0: I agree. I agree that too. Huh. Yep.
2: It,
1: it's tough.
0: It's a it's a it's a it's a narrow tightrope. It's a narrow tire, really and, and you either walk it or you fall. And unfortunately, like I was a couple pages in, and I was like fall. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you guys still reading Dashley and Muttley at all? I am. Oh yes. yeah, totally. Yeah, it's okay. great. I love Are you it. You enjoying? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. He cuts a mustache in this one. I know. I love it. <laughs> I just, I love the the reveals. Like, what? When did you grow a mustache? It's just
2: stupid. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. You're talking like that again. Yeah. Um So. Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number six. Is anyone reading this? I am. Oh. oh, I am. Do we feel like it should be a bigger deal that Peter Parker has revealed his identity to J. Jonah Jameson?
0: It was. I mean, like they, they, that. That I. I feel like I saw that in the ether in in the past week or so that he was getting unmasked and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if anybody. I don't know if that means anything anymore. Um, but that was. A pretty,
2: I get that it doesn't. But it feels like. Yeah. Like that's a huge. Thing in the history of this character. Yeah. No. Agreed. Agreed. And I get that nothing matters, nothing makes sense. However, nothing matters, nothing makes sense. I mean, this is, I mean, this is like Superman telling Lex Luthor he's Clark Kent. You yeah. know, this is like a, this is a big deal.
0: Yeah. And I thought um, the, I thought they handled it
2: great. Like, that was I a really good issue. This is
0: a really was, good issue. I mean, the whole premise of the issue is that is that uh, J. Jonah Jameson has information Spider Man needs. So in order to get it, Spider, you know, Jay Jonah, uh, you know makes it offer if, an offer that yeah, if Spider-Man will sit down for an hour long interview for his blog, then he'll give him the information he needs and it becomes a very intense, emotional you know, conversation between Jay Jonah and Spider-Man about the effect each other have on each other. And you think about the history of these characters and how they intertwine. Uh, it's, it really touched on something, like like Zadarsky went places. And I was like, oh, man. And I thought that they balanced that with the the inner thoughts of Jay Jonah and of Spider-Man as they were talking about stuff. So they were saying one thing, but in their head, like Jay Jonah was talking about how Spider-Man is a menace and all stuff like that. And then you had a little panel of him holding his wife as she was dying. Right. Right? And like that. And so you're like, all right, that's the character's motivation. But here's he's yelling and here. But we know why he's saying it. And it was a real good way to to illustrate that kind of conversation. Michael Walsh is needs to be a
2: superstar. Oh, that was that was one of the reasons why I put it on here is because the art was so good. So good.
0: Like, yeah. like Michael Walsh is gonna like mark down. I know we've been talking about him for a couple of years, and he's done stuff here and there. Recently, we talked about the Star Wars Annual he did with Jason Latour. Yeah. Um, Michael Walsh is the real deal, and I can't. I, I'm hoping 2018 two he blows up. Yeah, he he she
2: needs to blow up. So, yeah, he's yeah, he's a nice guy too. He's a Canadian, it, so
0: yeah. So it nice. was a
2: good a good issue because I was on the I was on the verge of not sharing if I was going to continue with it as much as I want to read a Spider Man book. It, it was a little too Zadarski for me, yeah. um, but this issue was really terrific, and the Michael Walsh art was terrific, and the story was great, and uh, it, it at least bought itself a couple more issues out of it. Yeah. It also, really does... The, the, dumb, the dumb boots are gone. I don't know if that was just Michael Walsh or... No, I think that was, that, that was... Yeah, that
0: was Kubert, I think. That was uh, Michael Walsh on him, Spider-Man as he should be, so...
2: <sighs> what no, I f- no, What I mean is, like, I don't know if it's Michael Walsh is drawing the regular Spider-Man costume, where they just they just decided to get rid of the boots um, yeah, because he he's on the, the cover doesn't have the boots either. Michael, Michael Walsh knows. Walsh. He knows. Oh, anyway. So maybe it's an edict to get rid of the dumb thigh-high of Spider-Man boots. But <laughs>
0: uh... I want to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Mac Weldon, for sponsoring this episode of I Fanboy. And uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend hours expounding the the virtues of Mac Weldon, but listen, I'm gonna. I'm tell timing you, you. Go on. I'm gonna tell you guys. Like you, you've heard us talk about Mac Weldon, their underwear, their socks, the smart design, uh, just the amazing comfort that they have, uh, how simple they make it the shop, the fabrics they use It's amazing. Uh, you might have noticed I was gone for the past two weeks. That was related to the fact that uh, I recently got married, and while I was wearing hey. a su- suit at my wedding, underneath it, it was all Mac Weldon. I was wearing I the Mac tell. I was wearing the Mac Weldon a-shirt I was wearing the Mac Weldon underwear and I wasn't wearing the Mac Weldon socks but uh later oh that, so we, you lie you just
2: lied there to the people
0: well I wore Hanks Hank's brother socks so that, that okay, was I, right. I had to do that but later that evening I put on the Mac Weldon socks and man did they feel comfortable after my dogs were barking so uh, Mac Weldon like I, and that that's not because they're sponsored because it the stuff is so comfortable I felt so comfortable and so relaxed on one of the most important days of my life so Mac Weldon was right there next Me and that shows how much I value Mac Weldon and you should too. So uh you can get on board with the Mac Weldon uh bandwagon, go to MacWeldon.com and you can get twenty percent off using promo code iFanboy. Uh that's twenty percent off any purchase. And I gotta tell you I cannot recommend that underwear anymore. That the front, the flap, it's amazing. So, uh, <laughs> so if you're looking for underwear that's naturally antimicrobial, which means that it eliminates odor, which is fantastic, and stays comfortable, and uh, just works, it's just smart design. Some of the most important clothes we wear are underwear and socks. Get Mac Weldon; they'll make you feel better every day. Make you feel better. MacWeldon.com. Twenty percent off code. I fanboy. Thanks, Mac Weldon.
1: Uh, you guys catching up with uh, keeping up with Lazarus X plus sixty six.
2: I yeah. missed this
0: issue, but up till don't now I don't like yes. it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's all right.
1: Connor, do you not like it because of the art? It,
2: the art, the art was bad, but I also I didn't, I just didn't. I just thought it was okay.
1: I like I don't, really I, I don't
2: really, I mean, the story's fine. It's just that the the art really turned me off this issue.
1: Yeah, it was. It wasn't the best. I, I don't know. I, it wasn't quite up to snuff. I mean, you've got um, Michael Lark on <laughs> the main book well um, Steve Lieber before the first be- beginning yeah I know so like it's been sort of a you know it's like a fill in kind of thing that being said uh, I've really enjoyed these stories I don't I'm not I'm not so much into reading the big text pieces that explain the rest of the world um, so I thought that these have been good um, sort of like looks around at different places besides just focusing
2: um, I just you know. I find it hard to keep track of all the different families and the power grabs and the. I find this helps in a way, but um, I like because they're introducing new things here, and I'm like, wait, who is that family, and what are they like? Because in the main book, at least, it's sort of for the most part one or two families fighting over territory. We're here; yeah. it's like who's the oh, Russian, and, and it's just it's just it, it's harder when there's not an explainer uh, for this kind of thing for me.
1: Well, That's this all. one is uh, is written by the uh, by the team of uh, Ruck and Troutman, who we first got to know on Checkmate long ago. Those are great books, and I think I'm a little uh, I in. Mean, I was into it. I really enjoyed it. And I've been, I think I read, what is this for? I read a couple of them like in one bunch last last time, and I really liked it. Cool. It works.
0: So following up on a patron pick, uh, DuckTales number two came out this week. And if you might remember, the patrons made us read DuckTales number one. And I said I would stick with it. So I, I wanted to tell everyone I did. Um, finally, we get some Uncle Scrooge, which is great. Both stories featured Uncle Scrooge. Neither stories took place in Duckburg But I did notice in the opening Inside page it says these events take place Before the DuckTales Disney XD Series so I'm wondering if this is working As some sort of prelude or prequel And uh would have liked to have known that earlier But uh either way fun DuckTales related stories still Look great uh Gianfranco Florio and Antonella D'elena <laughs> and Andrea Greppi and Robert Zanata and Dario Calabria uh, and Giuseppe Fontana. This is great. This is great. And Joey Cavallari wrote these books, which is a well-known. So how did Tom What's B. Long get in here? there? How, how did they,
2: they couldn't find themselves an Italian letter? Or a listen, there, listen the there
0: are no good letterers in Italy.
2: <laughs> they couldn't get Joe Caramagna? <laughs> yeah, didn't he, he wrote you know, the last issue, didn't
0: he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did.
1: Fun. Yeah, so. This
0: but this is getting monster. a little
1: weird. Like is this okay? <laughs> yeah, it's okay, I think. <laughs> no, no, you can't answer that question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make an olive and and joke. Deathstroke 25, the uh exercise anniversary issue. I thought we'd be done with these, but I I got one, another one of them on my stack. Um one of my favorite issues of Deathstroke's in a while uh not a not a high bar. No, it, you mean the uh, Eisner-nominated series Deathstroke? Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit, Christopher Priest is is notable. Um, this issue is the trial of Deathstroke, and it's we, it was, there's a lot of meta commentary in comics. We all know that, but in this issue, the Society, as they're called, we all know them—the the secret society of supervillains, the ones that live at that that are in that giant skull base in Louisiana—put uh, Deathstroke on trial for being too much of a hero. And they're all sitting around their giant table with their name tags in front of them. So just in case you don't know who Ultra Humanite is, there's his name tag in front of them. Um, but they're putting him on trial as a stand-in for all the villains who have been acting like heroes too much. So there's an empty chair for Lex Luthor, and uh, Killer Frost is now in the Justice League. So it's kind of like what we mentioned earlier in Captain America, in which, you know, in Marvel, heroes have been fighting heroes. In DC, a lot of the villains have been heroes. Uh, so they're, they're putting him on trial because he's also been act- Deathstroke's also been acting like a hero. And uh, the Riddler is his defense attorney. It's really totally ridiculous and funny. And there's like, you know, the old DC jokes about bylaws and um, and you know, you know, like the, the the group's acting too much like too much bureaucracy. Uh, that's all in here. They they have the second motions and they have to pass. Uh, uh, you know, they have to. They, they, there's very. You wouldn't expect villains to have this many rules in their meetings, but they have a lot of rules. And that was really I do love cool. that. I, I love you fictional villain it. Bi- uh, bureaucracy. Yeah. They leaned way into it. Uh,
1: so that was fun. That, that you did you that's a good you I like what you're talking about. So I'm taking back what I said before. Okay. I'm taking
0: it back. I'm taking it all back. So, El, uh, Connor, are you still reading Elsewhere?
2: No. Okay. I read the second one and I was like, yeah, I don't really care anymore. And all I'm right, so reading. Elsewhere number 4 is the last
0: issue in the story arc, a little short, kind going to four issue story arc. And uh I just got I got I gotta tip my hat to Jay Ferber for making the the villain reveal, and here's their spoiler warning. Uh, Fred Noonan. Huh. Yeah, poor Fred. Not only does Fred's Fred get shit, not only That's does not Fre- fair. Fred get forgotten in history, but he also becomes the villain. And he becomes the villain because he is forgotten in history, which I like the little the little meta twist there. He uh, apparently he got sucked into the, the little portal dimension, and there was a time displacement, and he's been there for years. And not only that, has he been able to get back to Earth where he find and he shows Amelia Earhart a newspaper that shows the Amelia Earhart Elementary School opening and like all these things heralding Amelia Earhart. So he wants his revenge. <laughs> so so far this is a Fred Noonan revenge story, which I can get behind.
2: Ugh that feels wrong. <laughs> I'm I like sorry, it, Fred Noonan's family.
0: I've enjoyed the art. I think this is wacky and crazy and fun and DB and Cooper is, is 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 uh he, he finds the gold you know, he's kind of a um, wealth-chasing uh, character. It's, I, 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 every time I read this issue, they, the second and third issue leaned a little more into the fantasy side of things. But when they did the, the villain reveal at the end of this, I was like, oh, I'm, a, I can't, I'm on board still. So, good stuff. All right, all right.
1: Let's go to Star Wars Corner for a minute, uh, specifically over into the Empire realm of things with Darth Vader number 7 um, from Charles Soule and Giuseppe Camagoli, who should, I guess, be on a DuckTales book. As far as I can tell, that'd be great. (laughs) Uh, Presumably with the inker Danielle Orlandini. I'm just I'm just guessing. Um, I assume you're reading this, uh, Ron. Uh, I am. Yes, I I am reading this. I really like this story. Oh, I didn't like this one. Yeah, Yeah. and I could see why. And on paper, I wouldn't either. But I was I was interested in it. I like. I mean, I'm actually getting you know a follow up to the hunting down Jedi thing, which I guess. I don't know. It, it might be that I just finished the book on the Third Reich because it sort of feels like that in 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 the way that it's an awful, tor- horrible thing, and it really uh, locks down why these guys are bad guys. I suppose for me to a certain extent. Um, and you 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 have somebody to root for here um, in the in the lady Jedi who who they're who they're hunting after. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just enjoying it. I've known that the Inquisitor and in that that's a character from some of the cartoons or something like that. So they're bringing those worlds together. Um... But I like that there are I never liked the idea that they completely wiped out the Jedi and that there are no survivors or no leftovers from it. So I like that, like the inquisitors, people are sort of washed out trainees who didn't get killed, but also didn't become Jedi. And then this other lady is, is rogue and they, they have to go get after them. Um I enjoyed it. That's yeah. what I'm getting. And just, I really I love Giuseppe Game, Game, Game Cole as oh, well. Oh he's great.
0: No, the art is great. I, story wise, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I, that does make sense, and that is an interesting thing to explore. I just I thought there was just like a lot of talking about it in this issue. Um, when I would have liked a little more action. But uh but yeah, that's fair.
2: I always felt like the idea that they wiped the Jedi out was more PR. Yeah. You know, like there was lots of them in hiding, and then they would just they would just say, Hey, listen, we wiped the Jedi out. But, you know, there's a lot of of, uh, Uncle Ben's out there.
0: (laughs) A lot of Uncle Ben's.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Ben, Uncle Steve, whoever. All
0: right. All right. Well, those are the books that we read this week. And then, of course, every week, the loyal iFanboy patrons get to pick a book to make us read. And sometimes they don't have to twist our arm. At least my arm.
2: Or at least Connor's arm. This week, the... (laughs) Uh, not overwhelming. It was pretty overwhelming. It wasn't a huge blowout, but the, the the clear winner was Dead Man number one from Neil Adams. First issue of a six-issue miniseries. <laughs> this is Neil Adams' periodic uh, walk, walk in DC. And I would say that my first reaction was I opened it up and the first page with the giant dead man head and he's In pain, he's holding it, and then there's other things happening in the foreground. I thought that's a classic Neil Adams page right there. He's He's certainly leaning into his strength. There was a lot of Neil Neil
0: Adams leaning into Neil Adams. A couple of pages later, you had Deadman coming through that portal, you know, like in the upper left-hand corner through those green kind of circles. Like, that was very Neil Adams-y. the, there was another page that where the kind of the where he's putting on the costume and the action down at the bottom, like a lot of classic Neil Adams pages. Um, and miss some, you know, kind of normal, boring comics layouts. But there's a couple standouts.
2: I, I mean, I thought this was real good, Neil Adams. This is good, Neil uh, Adams. Just, I was really, I was really impressed by by the issue. In I mean, what the, respect? The, man, the, the man's 147 years old. Yeah. Well, honestly, we all we all, we're all supposed to send him 50 bucks after reading it. I don't know if you knew that, um, but. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been reading you know, all of these Neil Adams miniseries that he's been doing, the Superman ones, Batman ones, and I thought this was, for some reason, a higher level of, of work from him. I thought that there was a lot of detail. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot, and the – yeah, the layouts may be more standard in most of the issue. But, oh, I uh, don't think that was the problem.
0: Well, no, I don't think that's the problem sort either. I, I'll tell you what the problem was. There, there wasn't nearly enough uh, chest hair.
2: Well, we haven't given it a chance. It's only she won. True. Okay. All right. uh, at least see some more
1: chess there. Let me let me talk about this as if it wasn't a legend who deserves all of our um, uh, adoration and respect. I I was completely lost from a story standpoint. Oh, the story, no was, no the story was a disaster. Oh, the story no, makes no sense. Not only that, oh, yeah, yeah, but this, the layouts are gorgeous to look at and find And I got lost in the lettering a dozen times, and I went, well, "Who yeah. the hell letters?" And it's Clem Robbins. Clem Robbins is a damn good veteran letterer. So and he will clean up who, your town. Yeah. <laughs> and but <laughs> He will roll in. But also, like, what you Shut have up. here is a case of a letterer going, I, I did the best I could with this. Um. So, And also, Neil colored himself.
2: Uh, and I, I don't think he should have. Well, that was what I was talking about with, with Matthew Wilson. I think yeah. Neil Adams would benefit from a colorist who worked a little more flat. It just doesn't. It doesn't look right with all the the shading and the and the photoshopping. It just it doesn't yeah. look like right Neil Adams.
1: So all of the things that I would look for from Neil Adams, the reason that I would get something, hey Neil Adams is doing this. Let's take it out. That's all here, but he also did everything else, and that, and that, and that took away from it. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Have you read any of the other? No, plot, and I, plot, and I, I recognize that you know that could be a fault here, but. Like no, 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 not episode. at all for you. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm just curious if you I hadn't, read it, hadn't. You read it. I've looked at him and thought I should, and then I heard you guys talking about it, and I thought I'd just be annoyed, which is exactly what happened. But, I mean, like, I can recognize, wow, he's still got it. Like, there's a lot Depends, here. The man's 276 years old. Well, that needs the. And the ground is expanding under his feet all the time, so it's hard to hold the pencil. He can't stay balanced. He's always you falling know what? over. i So I actually mentioned that, so we actually have to each send him $100. Oh. Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, so ratings, ratings, ratings. This is tough because the art's spectacular, but the story was a mess. Um,
1: he did everything. He's responsible for everything.
2: Three Except and a half. half. I'm, not, I'm not rating him. I'm rating the comics. Clem Robbins is a hero. Clem Robbins is a hero, and he will, come, he, will, he will take all the guns away. Three <laughs> and a half stars. I will, wow. I will also give it three and a half stars.
0: Two, and the two is for legend status. All right, sticking with it. No. No. I might. I don't know. Maybe.
2: You might. You might. Yeah, I might. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it. Every, every week, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go vote on the patron pick. The voting opens up on Wednesday, so you can read your comics and then vote. And you get about 24 hours to, to vote. And we thank everyone who does so. Also, patreon.com, if you give it a certain level, you get your own superpower. We like to thank people every week on the show with their own superpowers. And, uh... By giving them a live with no preparation. So, Ron, kick it off.
0: <laughs> Un- underline the no preparation there in that in that particular case. Um, I used to prepare. <laughs> I care. No, I, used to, I prepare every now and then. It depends on what, what's going on. Uh, but Mackenzie Gleason is our first patron that I want to thank for supporting iFanboy. And Mackenzie Gleason, uh, pa- his power uh, boils down to one word. Grounding. Go on. Grounding. So he grounding. he can ground, he's an electrical ground. So like, if you've got a hum on your stereo and he puts his hand <laughs> on the stereo, it grounds. So <laughs> there you go. And um <laughs> and I'm going to apologize because I just realized I did that power already in episode five hundred and seventy
1: two. <laughs> just realized the specific episode that you did. Wow.
0: That. <laughs> well, I've been working on something. I've been working on the list, so <laughs> So we have another person. Like- so we have another person who is electrically grounded, and Mackenzie and uh, and uh, Brad Page can get together and they can make sure all your uh, electronics no, no,
1: no, 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 you don't no, you don't get to do that. <laughs> you now have to two things. one, uh, penalty. Yeah, and there's a penalty. You, you, I know that now there's a new stereo situation to a certain extent, but I'm wondering what was happening around 572 that caused you to say that.
0: I don't, I don't know what was happening around 572. For me, I had a little bit of hum on the, my new record player, and, and I right. think it was related to the grounding. Yeah. That's yeah I'm, now.
1: Having, I'm having a guitar problem in that way, so I'm, I'm with <laughs> you. Okay, uh, part two is you're going to need to add a modifier, sir. Okay. <laughs> he's <laughs> electrically grounded only when he's standing in water. That doesn't make sense.
2: <laughs> so there Those you go. They're diametrically
0: opposed. I know. That's why. That's why it's so crazy.
1: All right, move on.
2: And then Mackenzie killed himself immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christopher Oliveris. So you he know how-
1: everything, but only when standing in
2: rain. <laughs> <What>? you, know- <laughs> you know? how uh, you know, like Mister Fantastic or Plastic Man, or elongated man can stretch their body however they want, However they want. Yeah, uh, Christopher is like the opposite. He gets really rigid, his whole body. He can turn his whole body super rigid. Okay, just like stiff as a board. Harder, indestructible. All right, like on. like like the White Queen. But he can't he can't move? He just turns rigid like a statue.
0: Yes. Okay. So so stiff. he becomes like solid rock, but and un- then he Im- Im- becomes light as a feather. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> he can Which also is- ground things. All right. <laughs> you can also ground things in
1: water. <laughs> okay. Denton Theriot, or Therio, uh, has a button. Um, it's uh, behind his right ear. Uh, and if he presses it, something changes. It's hard to say what, and it's a crapshoot every time you hit it. But something changes. It's some chaos shit. Um, so you really want to think hard whether you want to press that button. But
2: Wait, something on something in the world changes or it's just he changes something changes all right how does he know something changes because he <laughs> presses the button it's a butterfly effect kind of thing it could just be the bu- he presses the button nothing happens but like something Definitely happens he knows news. it happens oh he knows it, it, that. he's aware of what it is
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
2: but you know if you're in a
1: tight spot what happened the last time he pressed the button uh, stock prices fell <laughs> There's no, there's no scientific correlation to this. <laughs> no. No, it's chaos magic. Yeah. All right. I didn't want to say chaos magic because that's not really my area of expertise, but that's what we're working with here. All right. And our last patron we want to thank is Kim
0: Hsiao, Uh and Kim has the ability for telepathic conference calls. So, teleph- <laughs> so Kim
2: just Telepathy, like John Jones. No,
0: no, 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 no. It's not telepathy. It needs to be a, conference, a call. The other person has their phone rings, and that's the only way he can talk to them. Or he or she can talk to them.
2: So, so it's not really conference call. Kim can just dial a phone.
0: Kim doesn't need the phone. That's head. the thing.
2: That's the right. thing. Yeah. Like Kim can call dial people up with anybody's
0: him. head. Kim it's, can it's, call people with their brain. It's ring. outbound calling. Yes. Telepathy. Okay.
1: <laughs> so listen. Just, is this
2: Mackenzie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want a
0: fantastic patron power, like Connor mentioned, you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Sign up today. Patrons, $5 and higher. Get
2: a patron power. This episode of Ifanboy is also brought to you by Boomerang, a subscription video service offering a massive library of timeless cartoons and original animated series. Start your adventure today with Johnny Quest. Join Johnny and his loyal dog, Bandit on an action-packed journey across the globe to discover strange scientific mysteries and face fearsome foes. You can find Boomerang on the web, mobile, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Roku, and Chromecast for $4.99 a month or discounted to $3.99 a year. That's $39, not $3,000 a year. Visit boomerang.com slash promo and use the promo code FAN, F-A-N, to start your special 30-day trial today. That's boomerang.com slash promo. Promo code FAN. And I, pl- I played with Boomerang
0: and I've got Chromecast and it is awesome. It, it, cartoons on demand. So thank you, Boomerang. Uh, if you like cartoons better than the Jetsons comic, you can check out Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, let's do some listener emails of the audio variety. First one up is from Across the Sea.
1: Hi, hi, fanboys. On episode 604, while talking about Dark Tales, Ron said.
0: Uh, no, I'm probably not gonna read it. I mean they're great. I mean, but like there's no continuity, right? Uh, you know, like all that sort of stuff.
1: Is he the problem? Mayhem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go out on a limb and we're just rolling now. That wasn't Lucas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You don't know that. Maybe he's got, like, a box.
0: (laughs) And I would also like to refer to earlier in this episode when I did read DuckTales number two, so I am not the problem.
1: Well, he didn't (laughs) specify of what, and to which the answer is yes. (laughs) You are definitely the problem. (laughs) Not, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, to what, but you know. Oh, that was great. That was was (laughs) fantastic. How do you get such clean audio?
2: Yeah, no one has ever spit our words back at us in that such a way before. That's uh, and, and
0: I really hope some nobody takes that this isn't a gauntlet being thrown and they pick up and run with it after that. <laughs> All right, uh, our next email comes from Nick P from Luxembourg via Newport Beach, California. Now we're just getting travel itineraries. Um, Nick says in in the all email spectacular of Pick a Week podcast episode twenty five, when discussing the relation between magnetism and electricity, Ron stated, and I quote, "Magneto has a way cooler costume than Electro." <gasps> so this begs, wow. a, so There's this a begs movement. so this begs the question: on a scale of one to ten, with one being Electro, where does Magneto's costume rank? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Well, listen. If one is Electro, <laughs> Magneto is clearly somewhere between one and ten. So, <laughs> uh, um, in the Spider-Man issue this week, a uh, female Electro was in there. I was like, "Ooh, Electro!" So. <laughs> I don't know where Magneto's costume ranks. Magneto's classic costume is a goddamn good costume. I, I mean, Which honest, one are we talking about?
2: Are we talking the about red, the red version?
0: Yeah, the red with the with the purple cape, with the with the with the helmet, with the little spiky things on top, right? Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. All right, so on a scale of one
2: being Electro, then clearly Magneto is also a one. Also. Is right. is so? Are you sticking by what you said?
1: Oh no no I'm 10 sorry. Ten ago
2: that it's better costume than Electro. Ah. Uh, I. I
1: we know a lot more things now than we did then. We do. And I
0: I don't think if you look at Magneto, you know what his power like it doesn't it doesn't yes. his costume doesn't tell the story. Electro's costume does. It's an opus really. Yeah. It's way more complicated, but it's a damn good costume. Okay, so on a scale of 1 to 10 with Electro being 1, Magneto's probably cl- easily like an uh, an
1: 8. That seems bad. No, it's good. That's oh, the no. thing
2: about the scale. It's simultaneously good and bad. <laughs> Someone pressed the button behind that dude's ear. <laughs> Scale's magic. All What's right. his name? Denton. We
0: got one more voicemail from my buddy Sean.
2: Hey, fanboy. Sean from New York here. Alternate universe question. In a universe where Robert Kirkman never makes that speech, an image comics doesn't become what it is now as far as creator-owned work would big two comics be better today or did we lose an entire generation of stories with these characters because they were no longer locked into these companies?
0: Wow. That's a heavy question. That's
1: a really good question. I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Not well- to that, ex- not in that exact same way, but oh, we don't have time for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it, it 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 presumes that people went over there because of his speech, which I don't think. Which is yeah, necessary. I don't I don't honestly sure.
0: think is the case. I think I think that if Kirkman doesn't make that speech, I think it still happens just because of the nature of what was going on in media and what was going on in publishing at the time and that sort of thing. The bigger question there is that if Image wasn't present at that point in time, would have right. there been something? Would there would have someone would would it would have just been the dark horse period? Or would or would Brubaker and Hickman and all those guys just stayed at Marvel? You know, like, that's, that's the question, really. I think. I, I think that he was just
1: speaking out ahead of what was a zeitgeist that would have happened anyway. And for a while, specifically when you were at Image, we were like, well, I guess he was right. Yeah. In retrospect, they were both right. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Like, one way or the other doesn't work. Kirkman doesn't become Kirkman without Marvel. No, he's, and, he's Kirkman and, without Spider-Marvel. I know, but would he have gotten to that
0: level? No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think, Kirk, I don't think Kirkman's success in media was dependent on his work at Marvel. I think that helped Not at his, all. I don't think at all. I think. I think. I, I think. Right. I think this. I think Walking Dead on its own was just unique and good enough, and the right things happened from a business standpoint and all that sort of stuff for it to happen. I think the bigger question is if somebody, you know, if somebody is able to. Tra- if, if is Remender able to have the success at Image he had without Mar his time at Marvel?
1: Right. Okay. So okay. So Kirkman becomes the outlier in that instance, and I think you're saying what I was sort of getting at, though, is that most of these guys needed oh, to have both. Yeah. And then you've seen other guys come along. Sorry, it's mostly guys um, who have tried to do it the Kirkman way without Marvel, and you end up with a lot of people who don't really make a big splash, and then eventually go over to Marvel or DC where they also don't make a big splash.
2: Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think the bigger the bigger question is, as Ron said, does it just end up somewhere else? Does Do, do these creators end up going to make do work at Oni Press or Dark Horse right. or or Boom or whoever? But I think there is an innate desire in the modern day to, to create your own thing and own your own thing. And whether that would have happened later, I think it would have happened eventually. It had to have happened eventually. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the image guys showed you could do it. You could go out there. Leave the nest and succeed, but if even if they hadn't done it in '92 or whatever year it was, I think it still would have happened. It may not have happened the same way, but guys yeah. would have gone off to do their own books. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, yeah, they I would think- have, and I think that has to do with just generationally what's going on. But the other thing, though, is that it also tended to serve as a check for the publishers, for the superhero publishers. Adjusted sort of how they approach things to a certain extent too. Like it, it brought balance to the force.
0: Yeah, somewhat.
1: Like where it gives those people a little bit of power, but, I mean, it it only worked. It's almost like they were like, okay, let's give them all double shipping books, so they can't do that anymore.
0: Right. That's pretty. Yeah. I mean, they, they crushed them with with inventory.
1: You know. Yeah. They could, um, like here's all this money. Go ahead, do something else if you want. Yep. Or do it on your own time.
2: But also, just it's just I think it's a mistake to think that Kirkman like was the Pied Piper. It was his speech certainly inspired some people to leave, but other people went to Image despite of Kirkman. It, yeah.
1: it also, it also, I mean, it uh, caused a lot of people to print very successful books with Image. So was it just a good business move?
0: And it, it and it did also help other publishers too. I mean, it wasn't. Sure. I mean, I think I think there was enough. It was enough of a movement around, like Connor said, you know, owning your own and optioning and doing all that sort of stuff. Where you know, Image was just the best option. If Image wasn't there, I think there would have been another option as well too. So.
2: It would be the Malibu age.
0: Maybe. So those are the emails and voicemails. Bravo, guys. Way to bring it this week. Uh, you can get in touch with us at contact.ifanboy.com. Make sure you let us know who you are, where you're from, and keep them short and sweet, uh, under 30 seconds for those voicemails or direct to the point over email. Thank you. Thank you for that, guys. That was a good laugh. And if
2: you want to keep using Ron's own words against him in the please voice. Please get right mail, ahead. Please. So. Uh, Right behind this show, on the feed, you'll find a podcast on Thor, Ragnarok. In which Josh and I, and some special guests of varying numbers, because we haven't recorded it yet, we'll talk about the Thor movie. You can find that behind the show anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I like to talk about it, but I haven't done it yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I shifted rapidly there. Um, you I also spoke with Phil Hester on a talks below interview, which is our interview podcast. Um talked to him for a little over an hour. um. Phil's a great guy. He's a writer and an artist. Uh, he's been around comics for 30 years, and uh, if you like that kind of thing, you like the kind of things that I talk about with these people, you should absolutely listen to that show. Um, and then, of course, we will have a book explode uh, in November for you, which is where we talk about a single work. Last time we did Cerebus, uh, Church and State Part 1, and we'll let you know what that book is going to be pretty soon. I think we
2: know, though. Do we? Yeah, we Let's talk about it offline, because I, yeah. I don't know what we are talking about.
0: and finally uh, a little bit of announcement on my end uh unfortunately i know i missed missed you guys over these past two weeks but unfortunately this is going to be my last show on iFanboy once again for for the for uh, i don't know for an unknown period of time
2: i'm not crying again no we won't it's Uh, funny you know how like um when like a mom will drop their kid off at college and the first kid like she loses it and and uh cries the whole way home the second kid it's like see you later yeah, pretty much. Um, when you leave the podcast again, Ron, you don't get the whole production.
0: Yeah, I know, which is fair. Which I don't, I don't necessarily want the whole production, but uh, we can just go back and listen to that episode again. But yeah, no, I have, um, I've accepted a, a new job that uh, unfortunately uh, is going to keep me from doing the podcast on a weekly basis. Um, not much to talk about right now, but when uh, when I can, I will be back and fill everybody in and let you all know about it. It's pretty cool. Um, but also, it's not going to be like when I was gone for, uh, when I went over, off to work for Image either. I will be back periodically. Uh, you never know when I'm going to pop up. Let's just leave it as that. So uh, just not on the weekly show. Just not on the weekly show. The weekly podcast. I will not be. I will not be uh, with you guys in the trenches anymore um, for the near future. So uh, that said, it's I it can't put into words how much I love my fanboy. How much I love you guys. Always a place in my heart. Um, and thanks to everybody who's listened and enjoyed uh, my one-third con- contribution to the show. Uh, you guys are the best. And, you know, I'm still on Twitter. I'm still around. And you never know when I'm going to pop up uh, back here on fanboy at I'm, some point. So
1: yeah. I'm bringing you in on every chance I have. Yeah. Don't worry. And I so, will be there. So it's not like you're not going to hear from Ron. It does change a little bit. Yeah. But, and, but guess uh, what? You get, you
0: get two
2: jamokes again. So there you go. Josh, do you hear a buzzing? <laughs> it's <not laughs> It's Where's the, the guy who ground stuff? It's the grounding. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. He's
1: long dead.
2: <laughs> so, so yeah. So Ron's gone again. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> uh, what's really funny is so the last time you left, so we did this show for what like eleven years, and then you then you left to go work yeah. at Image for two two years. You were gone. Two, uh, two, a little a little under three. So. Yep. So you left, and people were like, "Ah, oh, fuck this! I'm not listening to the show without without Ron on it." And they, then they didn't listen or whatever. Then we had new people come on. Yep. That, so by the time you came back, they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Exactly. Exactly. So that's just He's no one. Jamoke I ever heard of.
0: And that said, and that said, the patrons are fantastic. That you guys and all the listeners, and so I fanboy will will is bigger than me, and so we'll continue on. And who knows? I came back after Image. I could be back here before you know it. So don't <laughs> well. <laughs> but
1: Connor and I will have to talk about that well yeah, yeah. A, a pending you don't review. to just
2: come back yeah exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> you keep putting us through this <laughs> uh,
2: head over to iFanboy.com where you can find all the other podcasts including the Thor podcast like we mentioned right behind this show and you can like us at facebook.com slash iFanboy and at iFanboy on Twitter that's where you can find what the pick is before the show comes out you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan and at RonXO on Twitter and Instagram and at Patrick on Instagram And if you like the show, buy us a review on iTunes. Better yet, tell tell your friends about us. And as we said last week, at your holiday gatherings, if your family's discussions about politics get unruly, put the podcast on and turn it way up. I was going to
1: do a whole Uncle Steve thing, but now I'm too sad.
2: (laughs) So let's spread the iFanboy love, even if it's one-third less lovable going forward.
1: I don't know. You might want to check your math. (laughs)
2: That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor.
1: I'm Josh. And I'm Ron. Until next time, see you later. We were
0: beautiful before the years came. Turned it upside down. We were beautiful for all time and space. I will turn it to the sun. And I will turn it to the sun.